there's something to me about water that attracts me to it. I'm Shane Hewitt. It's the shift. I couldn't tell you what it is. I don't need to be in it, especially if I see like an eel or an ugly fish that needs braces or something swim by. But I can tell you, I can tell you where water is. I was in Dublin in June. I left the hotel, which was downtown, and I just set this intention. I knew there was some canals around. I knew there was some ponds around, and I just started walking. And my only intention was, I wonder where this is going to take me. I want to find some water. And sure enough, I, without a map, nothing, found the biggest pond in that little town in Kildare, and it's called Nace, and found this little this little um, pond. And then from there, I was like, okay, that's cool. And then I kept walking, and then I found the canals. Now, that to me is a belief system, sure, but that does lead me to believe that there's more going on on this topic of water that we um, we sometimes give it credit to. The only conversation we have about water is, did you shower today, make some coffee, and did you drink eight glasses of water? That's really it. There's so much more to this, and that's where our guest takes this. With a book called Love Letters to Water, Claudio Morgan is here on The Shift, Um this is this is fascinating. I love the name Love Letters to Water. Tell me tell me what you're getting up to here, Claude, you because this is um is a whole new look. Hi Shane, thank you for uh, for your invitation. Yes, indeed, it's an intriguing um, title. And uh, in 2019, I was uh, roaming uh, the world on uh, the street uh, book fair in Toronto and uh, I uh, saw the children gathering around the lady and they were playing uh, this game called the Love Letters to to your city. And uh, to me, it was a very interesting uh, idea. And I said, you know what, I'm going to, to park it. And maybe later on, I'll uh, put together an anthology called Love Letters to, to Water. And uh, in 2020, I started a podcast, Spiritually Inspired. And up to now, I interviewed about 106 uh, doctors, nutritionists, uh, naturopaths, uh, shamans, energy healers. And sometime during our interview, they all touched on uh, the subject of water and uh, the idea came uh, back into my mind saying that you know what these are the exact contributors to um, to the anthology so I um, you know sent out an email to some of them and they all replied um, positively they were quite excited about uh, being part of uh, this type of uh, <clears throat> adventure and they um, donated their um, stories to this anthology because uh, proceeds from uh, from the sale uh, will go to an orphanage in, in Cameroon. They need, uh, they desperately need a new water tank, new uh, water pump, and um, whatever we we make will will send to these um, children. And uh, you mentioned uh, in your introduction that uh, the only reference to water on a daily basis is, uh, you know, the shower, the coffee. But we forget that, in fact, uh, we breathe water. The moisture in, in the air uh, is, is water. And uh, at the end of the, the story, uh, my story, which I included in the anthology, I uh, pose the question, is water another uh, form of God? Because we know, for the God of your own understanding, mm -hmm. we know that we cannot avoid God is everywhere, uh, if we have a belief system, of course. And water is also everywhere. We cannot hide, we cannot go anywhere without breathing, without inhaling uh, vapors of water. And the, the, the water is all around us. 
I like that. I like that taking the looking at it as a belief system and what if, right? The possibility. Because even if you look out of space and for the people that are more mystical and they take the universe as their belief system, even that boils down to, excuse the pun, boils down to uh, the search for water in space, right? It all does come back down to that, doesn't it? That's interesting. Fascinating. Yes. And, and we have scientists, even uh, Nobel Prize uh, winners, um, award uh, Nobel Prize people who, who um, after they reach their full scientific potential, um, they start looking at, at water and they come uh, came to the conclusion that uh, water is a, a, a crossroad between science and, um, and uh, religion or uh, spirituality, uh, better said. So they all also came to the conclusion that the water inside our bodies is different than the water we drink uh, from the faucet. Oh, really? It has a different uh, <clears throat> structure and it's called uh, structured um, water. And the water we drink at the faucet is pretty much that water. Uh, while water goes through, you know, hundreds of kilometers of uh, metal piping, um, she loses her properties. And what we get in the end is uh, pretty much that water um, missing uh, nutrients and, and many qualities that can reach our uh, our bodies. It is fascinating, and I think that lends to the, uh, the I think the strategy many gardeners take about having containers of rainwater versus using tap water to water their plants. I think that that leans uh, some evidence to that as well. Loveletterstowater.com is the website. We'll give it to you again at the end, so don't worry about that. Claudia Morgan is here now. This book does consist of. Uh, the science conversation, but it also gets into the energy healers. Like you've got musicians and poets. You've got the economics of water, which I had a writing piece uh, 20 years ago that about the, the new commodities, the commodities of the new world are uh, water and time. And that those are the true commodities that we need to lean, in, lean into. So you've got all of this. Plus you've got the mystical, the beautiful, fun, playful, mystical stuff of energy healers and shamans. And all of that is in this book. So, Claudia, when you put this together with all of these contributors, what do you take away that surprises you the most when you write love letters to water? It's the, the melange between poetry, fiction, and nonfiction, as you, as you mentioned. And another uh, new fact about this, uh, let's say, North American published uh, anthology is that we have poets from Africa, um, Ghana, Nigeria, Cameroon, and also one poet from uh, India. And it's quite hard for them to, to penetrate the North American um, literary market. And I'm quite uh, proud to, to see them uh, publish along um, established authors from uh, France, UK, Canada, US, New Zealand. Um, they, and they are very smart people. They have their PhDs, they teach uh, literature, uh, the university or they uh, teach um, religion uh, and they are hungry to to be exposed and show their version of how they perceive um, uh, water to a different type of uh, audience which is the North American audience. So so many people from so many different places in the world many faith studies will look at different faiths and look at the similarities of the storylines. I realize I'm oversimplifying. I don't want to offend anybody when I say that, but I, I do, I do mean that, that it is, um, an awful lot of similarity in the different stories. We have characters that are the same. We have leaders that are the same. We have adjusted hierarchy in the different belief systems, 
there's a lot of similarity. When you take people from all these different roles and from all these different places around the world that you spoke of, these writers, are there, these are people that are not necessarily connected any other way. Are there similarities that you've discovered in the stories they're telling about water and the importance of it? Of course. Uh, and I go back, I will go back to the poets from Africa. They see water as the main element of survival. They talk about their children. They talk about their families. They talk about their crops. If there is no water, there is no uh, chance of survival. So they go back to the bare minimal of uh, what water will or provides for, for, for them, for their society as a whole. And when we launched the book in, in November, we had uh, Geraldine Sinui from uh, Cameroon joining the, um, the Zoom call. And she was mentioning that uh, right now, or at that time, uh, women and children uh, were out to uh, gather water like three, four kilometers away from their homes because there is nothing in the neighborhood, no clean water for, for them to, uh, to use. So this is kind of a daily migration, human migration in, in that part of the world to, to secure such uh, uh, an important uh, element for, for survival. And for those in North America and uh, South America, they attach a much more spiritual side to, um, to water. And in the story of um, D.G. Torrance and uh, Christopher Douglas, the, the men behind the, the falls, uh, there is a, uh, a photograph of uh, a waterfall in Peru from a specific angle. That waterfall is a bride. And there is a beautiful story behind that, uh, the shape of uh, the waterfall in the shape of a, of a bride. Um, so it's just uh, beautiful. And again, uh, we have another art uh, contributor who um, mentioned his feelings when he saw the Arabian Sea for the first time. Um, so again, they're very interesting uh, points of view. Well, that is fascinating. I think we can relate to that as individuals. We do remember the first time we saw Niagara Falls, the first time we saw the Rocky Mountains, the first time we saw the Pacific Ocean, right? The, we remember those moments. You can hear the gasps of the people like, oh, there it is. And uh, so it's fascinating that you're there because my next question was going to be because you're in Innisfil in Ontario. I mean, do you, after all of this, look at Lake Simcoe differently with your close proximity? I mean, there's all the water right in front of you. Do you sit down? Do you go about different? I know that on your podcast, you know, spirituality is such an important part of what you do. Has it changed and twisted or maybe regrounded some of your own belief systems and the way you go about some of your teachings on your podcast? Indeed, and I can tell you that uh, in 2021, I spent four months in, in Panama, and I was on the beach every single day, uh, looking at the ocean, looking at the, uh, the sand, and the book is, um, uh, contains uh, images from uh, Panama, from the top of the volcano, from the beach, from the uh, tropical forest, uh, and from Inisfil, uh, from Lake uh, Cinco um, uh, photo as well. So. It gives glimpse of how um, water uh, is perceived from, uh, you know, again, ocean point of view, lake point of view, and the mist on the top of the, uh, the volcano. And indeed, I, I try to uh, walk to the lake even in winter time, at least uh, two, three times a, day, uh, a week, and um, gather my thoughts on the, on the rocks uh, beside the, the, on the shore there. So it's, it's quite beautiful. Now, I wish there was some sort of like 
spiritual map part of this where we could say, oh, this is why I like water. Um, some history, some old life thing, some chemistry thing going on in my body. Um, I wish that there was a way to do it, but I'm not the only one that sort of navigates this way toward the water. It's one of the things that I struggle with living on the prairies is how, actually, that's not true. I'm going to turn this around and speak to this in a positive way that I appreciate it, is that my most grateful moments are when I can go be by the rivers. And I find when I'm not by the rivers, I often crave that, that unsettled feeling just magically goes away. And again, I don't need to be in it. In most cases, I don't want to be in it. But there's something about being close to it that is just so magical. The book is called Love Letters to Water. And there are so many layers of things for us to learn here, including the cover, uh, Claude. You, you have um, a pretty special story uh, from Ontario about the cover of the book as well. Yes. Uh, the image of the, the cover was uh, donated by a 13-year-old uh, Toronto-based um, artist, uh, Sofia Leopold Murshan. She's an amazing uh, child, a prodigy, if I can say so. Uh, and she was kind enough to donate uh, one of her images for the, for the book cover. Uh, 13, she has achieved multiple um, uh, milestones, uh, several personal uh, uh, art shows. And um, we, are, we are grateful to her <clears throat> because she understands the struggle of the, the, child, the, the children in, uh, in Africa. To, to get um, clean water and she wanted to to make her contribution that's beautiful and it's amazing artwork I like I there's no way I could even imagine it even if I could imagine it there's no way I could draw it so the simplicity is quite beautiful abstract art on the front and if by the way you are looking to learn more about this the post uh, the link is loveletterstowater.com and it's up at shiftheads.ca for everyone to check out on the book so you're an author Claude you this is what you do um, you write and you know the spiritual part is a big part of you. and But what do you want? Like when you write a book like this, I'm just curious. I mean, is it channeling the information or is there, what is the intention for a guy like you that this is what happens inside you? Do you just want to share it with the world or is there is there something about this, a lesson that we need to take away? I write because I want to share messages which I, let's say, receive. In a humble way, I receive from a higher consciousness. And uh, when I write, I feel like uh, <clears throat> channeling, not in a very profound way, like people who are in empaths and they are sure that what they are doing is a channeling process. But after I read what I uh, write, I can always say or ask myself, did I write this? So yes, there is, a, I think, a type of a channeling approach when writing uh, my books. And the first one was uh, about uh, increased consciousness, and it was called the decadence of our souls. What happens if everyone on Earth will uh, have their uh, consciousness and aware, uh, aware, uh, awareness increased to a different level when we understand what we are doing in the world, the, the wrongs we are doing to, uh, to Mother Earth? And then the next one was about, the next two uh, books were about water, water entanglement and the crystal cloud. And I imagine the fact that water will awaken and uh, she will start punishing us for our uh, misdeeds. And I brought in the concept of uh, quantum uh, physics where water will awaken in one part of the world and simul simultaneously she will awaken in a different uh, uh, part of the world as well. 
uh, and how she will act in a conscious way to uh, wake us up and tell us stop you've done in us uh, harm to to the planet uh, now is uh, it's time to um, to take some things back to um, rewire yourself so in, in in a way my books are well uh, are about uh, increased consciousness and um, uh, the spiritual side of who, who we are mm-hmm. and a little bit of sucking up to the water just in case eh? be nice <laughs> never a bad thing to write the love letters and lead with positivity and love that's that's for sure without a doubt uh claudio is here what can we listen for um you, you talk about listening and channeling the did i write that it's a big part of what i do even here on the radio quite often you have to sort of be with your thoughts quickly you have to trust and surrender yourself to the fact that the place you're going to take the conversation is natural and what's best for everybody don't always get it right and the shows are always better when you trust and surrender to that i would assuming the writing is always better when you trust and surrender to that for those that that notion is a little bit foreign just you know 30 seconds 60 seconds cloud you like how do you how do you settle into that um, and just trust for someone who's never, ever tried to just start writing before. Maybe a little tip for them. Maybe they can write too. Sometimes I just feel that I've accumulated enough uh, words in me in order to sit and start writing. And when I sit at the table, I just say, please, my spiritual guide or whoever is there, help me to write at least six, seven pages today. Empty me out from everything which I've accumulated so far put the story on paper and uh, give me more fuel for the next uh, for the next day sometimes i write 3 4 days in a row sometimes i have to take a, a break of several days is not always easy but uh, i don't like to write under pressure i don't have specific timelines um, but when i have something to say i sit down and i write until i'm empty and then I start accumulating again. Mm, it's beautiful. And for anybody who goes to a psychologist or a counselor or a, a faith guide person in general, uh, you will find that they will also always say to you, we're going to talk about what we need to talk about. Don't have to plan it. We're going to talk about what's, what we're supposed to talk about. Or what we won't talk about what we're supposed to talk about. We'll avoid it. And that's also where we start because sometimes you're afraid and that's okay too. It's beautiful. If you want to check it out, loveletterstowater.com. Claudio is here. His name is, uh, is Claudio Murgan and joining us from Innisfil, Ontario. Congratulations on the book. Sounds beautiful. I have not read it yet. I do look forward to giving it a go. Thank you very much, Shane. Thank you.